Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. Welcome to the Women in Tech Weekly Remix episode. Three, two, one. My name is Esprit Devora, host of the Women in Tech show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. To connect and collaborate with extraordinary women in tech around the world, remember to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. The best business resource I have is my mentor's private Facebook group. I've never found a community that cares more about one another's success. It inspired me to create the same thing for podcasters. If you're a tech company or startup looking to grow your podcast audience, I created GetPodcastListeners.com, a private group specifically to discover how other podcasters have grown their audiences so we could do the same. Check out GetPodcastListeners.com. That's GetPodcastListeners.com. I'm Megan McCracken, head of manuscript at Scribe Media. At Scribe, we help authors turn their ideas into books and get those books published and out into the world. We're based in Austin, Texas. So we were like early computer adopters, early internet adopters. I grew up in L.A., um, pretty much like right in the middle of the entertainment industry. My mom is a TV producer. So we— I'm in L.A. uh, I grew up in Burbank. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, yeah, we were kind of like early tech adopters, had computers, uh, like, you know, personal home computers, um, pretty pretty much like late 80s, like pretty early, I think, for most homes. We had internet right away, uh, went through all the phases of internet, you know, dial up through all the phases of broadband. And um, like, I remember actually really clearly when we got a CD-ROM enabled computer and like <laughs> my friends at school were like, oh, my God, yeah. like, this is the way of the future, right? Uh, but yeah, we, we were kind of early adopters. And I, I would not have gotten into coding at all if it weren't for my mom and my brother who were both, um, I mean, they're just really curious people who are interested your in... Your mom and your brother. Yeah, yeah. Interesting uh, that it's your mom, too. Yeah, yeah. My mom still works in tech to this day. She um, is a marketing manager for, a, like, a huge um, education education software company. Nice. Um, yeah, and so, yeah, they kind of got, got me a little bit into coding. I was never really into um, actual programming. I was more into... I was really into HTML. <laughs> I was, like, really into making websites, and when I was, like, 10 or 11, like really, like, you know, very, very early, really awful, like, fan websites for random movies that I liked. And yeah, so, um, and I just kind of always kept that up because it's, again, it's really fun to just sit and code stuff. Um, I remember, like, I remember so clearly when CSS became a thing and me being just, like, abhorrently opposed to this. Just like, this is dumb. Why are we doing this? Yeah. Just code it right into the page. Like, why would you do And then obviously now it's like you, there's no escaping. It's every, you have to know it. But um, yeah, so I, I kind of always, always did it. I never planned to work in tech. Like I said, I really 
bluffed my way into my first tech job. Yeah, because <laughs> I didn't know what it was, and um, and it, it grew from there. Where are you formally educated about tech, or did you seek out your own resource to? Are you self taught? Yeah, totally self-taught. Uh, my formal education is a degree in medieval poetry. What? And, uh, yeah, like I what? don't. Yeah, no, I, I don't. I studied like Beowulf through college. That's that's what I did. Um, I really thought I wanted to like go be an academic at Oxford and just like read dusty books my whole life, and that turned out not to be what I wanted. Uh, well, actually. <laughs> They're not dusty, but you do get to read books your whole life. I do. I get to read books my whole life. Lots of reading and writing. Um, yeah, and then I, I I got into tech writing because I had been doing business writing. Right. I got an MBA, and I was like, okay, well, I know how to write. I'll write business plans for people. I was working for a company in Portland that um, that wrote business plans yeah. for startups. That's where I got actually a, a ton of startup just, like, knowledge. Yeah. And, um, and then, yeah, kind of – like 2008 happened. Everyone lost their jobs. Yeah. I didn't have a job. I'm in Portland, like working as a, you know, bespoke mixologist clown girl. Like right. it's very Portland. Like you don't have real jobs there. And I mean, maybe today, no offense to Portland. <laughs> um, but back then you didn't. And, uh, and yeah, my brother and his wife were living in Canada and they had a job in an engineering lab and they said, you know, you, you know how to write stuff and you know tech pretty well. Do you want to come out and um, do some tech writing? And I literally I was like, sure, of course, I'll do that. Yeah. And then I met with the the professor who was running the whole lab and he was like, OK, so how much do you know about MRIs? And I was like, I know everything about MRIs. <laughs> and I just like learned about MRIs and then moved to Canada and worked on um, basically like in an optical engineering lab when we invented um a lot of like medical tech for about a year and then uh the weather drove me back i'm a california girl at heart this is liz kofel i'm on the business development team of valkyrie intelligence an applied science and strategy consulting firm we're based in austin texas I mean, one in particular, I think, is just working in tech as a woman is just people's perception of you when yeah. when they see you. Um, because I am smart. Like, we are smart as women, women yeah. in tech, just in general. Like, we are smart humans. Yeah. And we're here for a reason. Yeah. Um, and everyone has worked hard to be here. And so um, often, you know, meeting with founders, meeting with investors, there you can tell when somebody is judging you. And you can tell just – you know, through someone's body language or the way yeah. they're speaking to you, kind of what they think of you, like, oh, why is this bimbo here? Yeah. Um, and and so, you know, in it, that's something that I think so many of us had to deal with all of our lives, and it yeah. doesn't, you know, it doesn't end when you're an yeah. adult, unfortunately. So, just working through that, I think by by proving myself to myself and just growing to a space where it, it genuinely doesn't matter the male opinion of me. Like yeah. I no longer give a shit and I am here to work hard and do my absolute best. And if someone is going to second guess me or second guess any of my coworkers because they happen to be young females, yeah. um, you know, then that's on them and they're, they're missing out. And I think just an example of them, when I was going to go work for Valkyrie, there were just some, some mentors I, I, told um just you know some older men who were investors in very successful careers and literally i had one of them say really i always i think you should you should go into real estate are you are you smart enough for that and and literally took me out to drinks to tell me that and it was and this was not uh for valkyrie this is when she was uh seeking guidance yes. from someone about taking a role exactly. at Valkyrie. yeah exactly yeah and it was at first, like crushing, I was like, "Are you kidding me?" But then taking a step back, I'm like, 
when have I ever actually worked with this person? Really never. Like, like honestly, right. working with him never. He never saw what I was capable of, even if he did, how, like, couldn't get past his own bias. And, like, that is the world, you know? And it sucks and it's terrible, but just having to push that out and just continue, continue for right. myself, continue for my sisters. Yeah. Um, that's something that, that I think... I'm proud of. It's interesting. Uh, we had another guest that talked about sometimes when they go into like uh, pitch meetings, they're treated like they're little um, children. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I said a really empowering um, approach is not like does someone validate us, but are they but instead coming from our own power and saying, are they the right fit for us rather than absolutely we're not the right fit for them. One hundred. Like it's like, is this person I'm talking to, yeah. whether it be in business, personal relationship, family, friends, whatever, are they the right fit for what we need in our lives? Oh. And then it doesn't become about like anything to do with that. You take the power away. Yeah. One hundred percent. One hundred. I think that's or you take a- your power back. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. such a healthy perspective. Yeah. yeah. And what books are your favorite? I always like to ask, like, do you have a book professionally or personally or both that you really love? That's a great question. Um, Favorite book of all time uh, is East of Eden. Oh. Yeah. And what's it about? Yeah, by John Steinbeck. Uh, It's a classic. Yeah, it's beautiful. To me, it's about the human spirit. Um, There's a line in that book um, that talks about a Hebrew word for thou mayest. I think it's Tim Shell, and it basically talks about how we, like our spirit is always attacked and never destroyed, which I love. Oh. I love that. Our spirit is always Mm -hmm. attacked but never destroyed. Yeah, which I love that humanist thought process. Yeah. um, I don't know. It's very, it's very motivating and empowering to me and I love it. This is Kristen Gerhard. I'm here at Impact Hub Austin. I'm the community manager at our South location. We are a space that provides co-working for people that need a home to work in, to network in, to be creative and do awesome things based in Austin, Texas. We are um, in the process of building out a new classroom space, which yeah. we're super nice. excited about. Yeah. Um, and I've been in connection with some other impact hubs. Like um, I, every other week, I've been getting on a, a call um, with some folks in Boulder and some folks in Costa Rica, and just sharing ideas and yeah. um, getting some of hearing some of the things that they're doing is so awesome. Which you know, technology yeah. so amazing. Like here I am talking to people that aren't even in Austin. Yeah. Like so amazing because sometimes it's easy to get down on like. The technology right. that we have, right? Like, yeah. it's like too crazy. But I mean, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for te- not just the Women in Tech podcast, but how did I find Impact Hub via, you know, Spy Cloud? How did I find Spy Cloud? I think, who knows, via Twitter or Facebook? You know, mm-hmm. and it's right. Yeah. Yeah. In that way, it's rad. It's an amazing. We're connector. having this offline connection right. because, which I love. I just right. don't like when it stays online. Right. Or in a false way. Right. Um, so, so we're about to start building out our programming more and we're going to have things more lunch and learns and, um, kind of little 
groups where we're getting people together with some similar interests yeah. and doing these kind of productivity groups. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to delve more into that and try it out. And then we'll have to talk in a year and see how it. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I love that you're going. experimenting. And I think that's yeah. so important. Experiment. Yeah. yeah. Well, in coworking, it's, this is such a new thing, really. Yeah. I mean, you know, like the way that we're living now and people aren't so much more and more people aren't working for big companies yeah. I mean that still exists but more and more there's people that are in these small solo company or there's just right. two or three people and everybody's kind of wearing different hats and, yeah. and you don't have like HR and you don't ha- you know like yeah. and you don't ha- it's like um, I was talking to a, a finance guy yesterday and he was telling me how he was wanting to try to to connect more with people that are in co-working spaces because um, he wants to help them get some of the tools to make long-term financial planning um, the same as as a larger company kind of thing. So I thought that was cool. So he's going to come do a lunch and learn. That's awesome. And you have um, a Fresh Books event coming up, I think, tomorrow. We do, yes. So that's cool. Yeah, I love that you're constantly, like, bringing in the community and finding different ways. That's definitely another piece of it. It, And and what's cool about having an event space as part of our Your event space is really beautiful. It's pretty cool. Brian, like, the feel of the space for him was incredibly important because – you know, the way that you feel in a space is going to affect how you feel about yourself, how you, whether you feel open to connecting with other people or not. Completely. And so, um, yeah, I really love this space here. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.